Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Time to cross talk with Black and Abdallah coming up uh, here. And it's brought to you by Steinhoffels and... They're sending a bunch of drawings and emojis and gifts and. I was actually emoji. I, I was sent. asking you, you a simple plant on the radio. Yeah, that's what I guessed. Yeah. I guessed yeah. eggplant. Right. And yeah. then I sent him the measurements <laughs> of Caleb's hands. It's eight. Equal sign, equal sign, equal sign, parentheses. Now, Waddle, all I that gave is, you... Is that's just a penis drawn on a cell phone, is all that is. I gave you a real answer after I sent the eggplant. Oh, I read it. You said you don't know. I Did honestly it? don't know. And, and, and I... But you do know the other. How is that possible? <laughs> no, no, that was a joke. He doesn't wear a cup. I don't, I don't know what's below the belt. I, I have no idea. Uh, I'd say this. Uh, thick. Is uh, the description Daniel Jeremiah that many, told you that he was sick. Say. You so guys I, had Daniel Jeremiah on and you said, okay. no, you were like, what about his size? And he goes, he's a thick man. Well, yeah. you, you asked the question. <laughs> he and so, say that way. <laughs> just like <laughs> that. He didn't say has a higher pitch voice, but then when he said that, he's a thick man. Don't you dare besmirch Daniel Jeremiah. So I tried to look into it. So I went to his recruiting profile for his hands. Okay, Recruiting profile 24-7 sports. I looked at all of the descriptions and the breakdowns heading into college. None of them said anything about hand size. What they were saying is that Gus called in and said upper upper body thicker than most guys. uh, Good arm, all this trunk. He could run, you know. But we, I looked at multiple reports of him as a high school prospect going into college. None of them say anything about hand size. Who's so some callers that he has? Gus said he's not going to succeed at the NFL level. Can't grip grip an NFL ball. I don't think that's true. I I would say here's the, the critique, right? When a quarterback leaves the pocket and they do that one-handed, what happens in the NFL? It it's, gets stripped. It gets stripped. It's one of the things that Justin did a really good job improving on. Yeah. Ball, mm-hmm. uh, ball security once he had exited the pocket. So you'll notice on the highlights, when Caleb Williams leaves the pocket, he has the football down near mm. his hip. Yes. And he's running. And that will be low. coached away from him. Yeah, you would hope. Like Better that's be. that's the one thing yeah. is if you're worried about the hand size or or the fumbles or or being loose with the football, that's what he did at USC. Is would, he didn't have two hands. Yeah. He didn't tuck it when he would go run. He would have it low and uh, near his hip when what, he was. What I would say to people though that are concerned about that, and mm-hmm. it is a concern, that is something that can be coached. Whether or not you take that coaching and improve sure. on it, Justin did a really nice job improving ball security in those types of situations. You saw he made, I think, in his second year, the difference between his ball security in the second half of the season versus the first half of the season, I thought was noticeable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it can be coached. He did improve, yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm going to yeah. miss you. I'm going to miss <laughs> you, Waddle. When you go to Boston College and take over the job, I'm going to miss you. Hey, coach. You want to be a ball coach? You're talking about you because be my the, offensive coordinator? The D.C. Yeah. I'll, take, I'll take a gig. And by, by, yeah. by, by offensive coordinator, it doesn't mean what side of the ball. Just you're going to be offensive. I'm going to be offensive. Yeah, you're yeah. going to be an offensive I'm going to be offensive. I want you to – the rumors are Pete Thamel's reporting. Tom Waddle's in the mix. Nobody wants that job right now, and it makes me sad. 
That is sad. You'll get sad. Because you know, they're an so an ACC team. That would be good. Yeah. We all checked check to Boston BC. College. We, we had some uh, college football conversation going upstairs because it, is a defensive coordinator job in the NFL better than a head coaching job. job in the ACC? At that yeah. school. It is. At that school. Ah, it well, is. Okay. But and by the way, the he case, had a long, he had a history of being in the in the, in the NFL as yeah, well. Sure, but I mean, this isn't not, his first. Why not spin? take a different college gig as the head coach? You try recruiting Boston College. It's not no, easy. We'll like try and get a different spot. There, there are jobs opening all over the place at all times in college. But look football. at how many coordinators Arizona was now, open because we weren't expecting what happened. Look with at Washington how many coordinators now are getting head coaching jobs. And, and the Ravens way, coordinator is thirty six years old. He just got a head coaching job. Half okay. he's forty four. Right. And don't overlook also. The ha- you guys know this better than anybody. The hassle that exists now at the college game for certain guys. Mm. Some guys don't want to play this game. Yeah. They don't want to play the NIL game. What about Matt Ryan? Matty may take that job mm. if he's interested in coaching. That'd be cool. What, what about Maybe Tony Luke Romo? Keekly. Can we get Romo? Tony Romo. Oh, yeah, let's get Romo. Well, no, what sucks is, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, it sounds like Zirko just told me that that Eastern's coach just signed a two-year extension, so we can't get Romo to go back and coach Eastern. (laughs) (laughs) You're not getting rid of Tony Romo, Chris. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, I tried. I thought he'd be a nice addition to the ACC. (laughs) Who's the best analyst in sports right now? Best analyst in sports. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about this when we were talking. Brady was talking about taking the gig and... We're talking about Olsen and football guys. It, who's the best sports mm. analyst currently? Eddie Olchek. Eddie's a good one. That's, that's Eddie's good. a good one, right? Yeah. Ed's Do you know, in, I will tell NHL. you, like, I, I don't watch a ton of, of like, national baseball, but I'm telling you the, the, um, the Adam Amin, AJ Brzezinski's really good. That matchup is, is Smol- fabulous. Uh, John Smoltz is really good. A lot of people are kind of, he's hot, they're hot and cold on him. I really? like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, hot. He's hot. You know, you, you I'm trying to think hot. of like, see, I still really like Herb Street on college. Yeah, Herb Street does a good job. Herb Street on college yeah. is different than Herb Street in Way the NFL. Different. Yes. Yeah. And Herb Street in college, that's a really good booth to me. And I think he's one of the best when he's in for college. You know who's great on college, too? Not football, but basketball? Robbie Hummel. Oh, Hummel's great. Hummel's fantastic. I think he, like, out of every analyst in all sports, Robbie Hummel's my favorite. I've watched a ton of Illinois because of Damask, obviously, because of the connection with Southern. He Hummel's done a ton of he Illinois did some games. Bulls too. Yeah, he's done bowls. He's done. He did. Uh, yeah, he did fill in a couple yeah. times. Stacy yeah. was sick. Mm-hmm. I believe oh. he filled in on bowls, and then he did some preseason. I want to say too. Yeah, Chris, I think you nailed one. I, I think Eddie O. Not just Eddie because of our relationship with yeah. him. Mm-hmm. I think Eddie O's as good as there is, regardless of sport. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not watching as many hockey games as other sports, but like the NBA is a bit of a mess right now. Yes. You know, they've they've I got love Jeff Van Gundy. Crew of older players and then, you know, Van Gundy's no longer calling the games and Was Mark Jackson any good at that? No. no. I didn't think so. Mama Mark there Jackson. goes that man. Mark Jackson I mean, was horrible. Hand hand down man down. I mean, it was just lame. It was forced. I don't know what he, what he was worse at, coaching or an- analyzing. What about Aikman? Is Aikman uh, I in like top Aikman. three? I like, I like Aikman. Aikman. I, still, I, I like Olsen better than anybody. As a, really? More I than Aikman? Olsen. I do. I, I like do. fucking Aikman. I like Olsen because he, he really cares. Yes. He gives a damn. He does. You know, like, Have I, you I think texted it's him yet funny. to tell him he's done? <laughs> I, I think it's... <laughs> I think it's... Yeah, you're telling him last week. How many times did you say to him, hey, just so... I mean, come on, it's your last game. No, here's what I like, right? They cut to the booth during the game. 
and he doesn't have the jacket on anymore. No, no. And you can, it's unbuttoned a little, and the tie's like Who holding on for dear life. I like that because he's working. Yeah. He's getting into it. I like and that. You know, you, you, I don't like the analyst who's just there. Who had a great you know, oh, he's really get His into brother's it. his spotter. Yeah, that's great. Like he, yeah, he's dialed I John it. Greenberg had a great tweet about Olsen when he wasn't, you know, being a smartass about everything else. Well, that, that's like for a second I know, of every it day. It was great. He said, Greg Olsen looks like he's about to, he looks like he's a superhero dressed up in a bad yeah. suit. That's good. Yeah, he's Because, yeah. like, he's so much bigger than Bart yes. too. <laughs> yes. So he's just like, and the shirt is way too tight. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really good at it. He's, um, he's great. I love him. Yeah, the NBA is in a tough spot. They, it seems like they don't really. No, well, Van what Gundy doing. was good, but they kicked him out. Yeah, but like Reggie Miller's still out there, and like Reggie, yeah. like he doesn't Reggie's really good. annoy me. But Stan he's Van not. Gundy's still doing it, isn't he? Uh, Stan, no, Van. I thought he was no. out. Was he I out too? Both Van I thought Stan was were, in. were out. I not for Je- TNT. Jefferson, Jefferson analyst for the um, he's a consultant or whatever the Celtics. for the Celtics. Yeah. yeah, so he's not doing it for sure. We got to catch up with him. Yeah, Olsen's good though. Well, they're probably I, I did you read? The they're list. probably gonna they're they're considering moving Redick yeah. into the uh, doc the doc. Okay, booth. he so, doesn't respond to phone calls. Does no, he? he's not. Redick? <laughs> Nobody loves JJ Redick more than JJ. Redick. Whoa. It's true. I, don't, I don't care. What, yeah. What's he going to do to me? I like J.J. Reddick, too. He's going to a three in your eye. Okay. I think he's really good, but supposedly he he, he acts <laughs> kaboom. Okay. I, like, I like J.J. Reddick. I don't like the team that he's with. I don't like him and Richard Jefferson together. That's too much of like a weird back and forth, I'm going to one-up you type of broadcast. But when they're separated, they're both good. Yeah. When they're both together as a as a three pack, it, it gets weird. Where they're like <laughs> taking disses at each other, and it's this whole non about the actual game thing. Because it, I do like Richard Jefferson when he's not with yeah. him. You're right about mm-hmm. that. But have you noticed I that when they're, good. they're yeah. paired together, sure. they they take a lot of shots at each other, trying to prove who had the better NBA career. It's like focus Enough on what's, what's happening in front of us. Like I don't care. Whatever. Who's this, usually their play by play guy? Um, Pash, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, Pash, yeah. Pash, Pash is good. Pash. I like Pash, Pash. Pash. Pash is understated. He's good. Yeah, yeah. Pash Long is fine. career. He used to be the sports huddle here in Chicago. Did you know that? No. Sir, another Syracuse guy. They all are. Yeah, <laughs> Syracuse guy and started are. here at WMAQ. Who Who's your favorite of all time? Then, if this is who we're talking For about, me, right now, Summerall Madden. Summerall Madden's the best. Uh, yeah, Marv Albert, Mike Fratello, Golden Mike Years Fratello. of the NBA. The Telestrator. I thought Doug Collins was as good as anybody. You're right about that. I am so glad. Shout out, Doug. I'm so glad that Uncle Vern retired before he had to call crap Big Ten games. Like, he got out just in time. Vern was fabulous. He got out just in time. He still got his hole at the Masters, right? Of course he does. Yeah. Who is he matched matched up with for all those years at CBS? Vernon, who was it? Gary Danielson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gary Danielson. Danielson. He's still doing that. Yeah, he's still there. You tell me they put him in a crane? Did you just (laughs) say? They crane him up there. (laughs) That's how they do it. Otherwise, (laughs) you'd have to climb up the pole. You think think I'm kidding? What do you mean? You think he climbs up the ladder and put him in a body crane? Like one of those things where they replace the lights outside and the light crane him up? Oh, yeah. You think I was kidding? You think he's getting well, on the ladder? Well, 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 what kind of like, like uh, one of the apparatus? Cherry, like one of the cherry pickers. Yes. They, he gets in that. They beep, 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 beep. Okay, but, and then but, beep, but, but they beep, don't like put him in a belt. 
What is it called? It's not a booth. What is it? A TV? Like, because I want to, like, you have you to. You can see a picture you can of it. climb yeah. up it. I know, but right. Like, what they use yes. for the comad. Like, a comad yes. guy yes. gets in. I thought you meant, like, they strap him in. And they lift him He's up. just dangling. <laughs> just lifeless. Good luck, Vern. This may be your last trip up and down. <laughs> they, they forget him overnight. <laughs> Guys! <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> All right, boys, good stuff. Uh, thank you today to Adam Johns and Barstool Big Cat who joined us in studio. Uh, really good work by Jeff Meller and Tyler Aki for Waddle. I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Wednesday night. Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah, weeknight 630 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. You know, Abdallah, I wanted to start you with this tonight because at 7 o'clock in Evanston, the Northwestern Wildcats will face off against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa is the third-ranked team in the country, and they bring to town Caitlin Clark, the superstar of women's college basketball, of really all of college basketball this season. Nobody gets talked about more than Caitlin Clark, and she's in town in Evanston facing off against Northwestern in about 30 minutes uh, they're 19 and two. The Hawkeyes are heading into this game tonight. Northwestern, they're seven and 13. Uh, Caitlin Clark is on pace to break the women's scoring record in college basketball. Uh, Kelsey Plum has the scoring record right now at Washington. She uh, right now, Caitlin Clark is 134 points behind Kelsey Plum. Uh, she essentially, with nine games to go. Just has to score 14.8 points per game, and she'll have the scoring record. So she's likely to go down as the number one all-time scoring women's player ever in college basketball history. She's actually only 278 points behind Pete Maravich for the men's record, which is just crazy because no one has touched Pistol Pete's record from LSU from back in the day. Yeah, She is 278 points behind Pete Maravich, which in the nine games remaining... She would have to score 30.8 points per game Ooh, that's to catch Pistol Pete. But with that said, she has a shot. Yeah. It's not like Caitlin Clark can't do this. And also, it also leads to the conversation of like the all-time greatest college athletes that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And, and the ticket prices we've been watching all day long as people are spending a lot of money to go to Northwestern Iowa tonight to seek Caitlin Clark in person here in Chicago in Evanston. Uh, it, it's a really big deal and a big story. And I was starting to think of like 
must-see college athletes that, mm. that we can kind of call out in recent time. Zion Williamson being one of them. Yeah. He really took the, the college basketball, the sports world by storm mm-hmm. his final year at Duke. Uh, Tim Tebow at Florida, which it's a little different. College football is a little bit tougher to say must-see. There's less opportunities perhaps to go out and see, but people but definitely, to watch people TV. definitely turned on the TV to watch Tebow at Florida. Yep. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Texas A&M for his couple years there. I mean, that was must-see TV. I remember the game that he beat Alabama. That was cra- a crazy game. They got revenge the next year, but like he was like, that was his breakout. Yeah. Like I remember that specifically. There's, um, you know, there, there is that. So the Tebow to me was the craziest, like Tebow quote mania. To me, was the as far as college football goes, was the was the craziest. Yeah, for college Zion, football, to me is the craziest for men's college basketball. And Caitlin Clark obviously just sets it to a whole other level for women's college basketball. The the viral sensation that was Zion Williamson in that college basketball season with all of the hype, what he was doing at Duke, and then you had the game where his his shoe blew out. Yeah. on the baseline, mm-hmm. which that was a huge viral story as well. He also like dealt with some injury. Uh, with his time in college basketball. Caitlin Clark, though, has chosen to stay in college, which only amplifies her stardom, right? Like, unfortunately, the where the women's game is at right now, I don't think she's going to have this much of a following and this much of uh, an appetite for people to go out of their way to see her the moment she becomes an Indiana Fever. The Fever have the number one pick in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be great for the league, but I, I think... Right now, what she's cultivating is people have to see her while she's at Iowa and also while she's chasing these scoring records. I mean, this is really cool, what, what's taking place right now. No, I don't think when she goes pro that when she comes here to play the Sky that tickets will be $500. No, I mean, people will go. Yeah. She's a star. But you also see that with any with any sport, really. Like, ticket prices don't usually happen, go up like that when someone goes from college to pro. Like, Zion's games weren't like that his first year playing. You know what I mean? In the NBA. In the yeah. NBA, yeah. Like, when he got to the NBA. Man, I mean, for the NFL, most games are usually sold out in general when you go to them. So, like, when, you know, when Tebow was playing or when Johnny Manziel was a Brown, like, people weren't clamoring to get a view of him. It might spark interest in the city that they go to. But, like, if when the Browns, like, if Manziel came to Chicago, like, I don't know how many people are going out of their way to be like, I got to go see Johnny Manziel. No, but there was definitely Tebow mania. When he was with the Broncos, that team that went 8-8, and and they they were winning football games, and it was like a miracle that they were doing so with with Tebow at quarterback. Yeah. It was a national Mm storyline. You know, at this moment, college basketball in the women's game has more popularity than high-level WNBA competition. Like, yeah. there was uh, a couple of weekends ago, the the big game in college basketball, what was it, one and two facing off? The TV ratings were outstanding. This was a couple of weeks ago. I'm not talking about March Madness. And we do know that the women's game in March Madness gets high TV ratings. Yeah. So, like, what, what I could see happening is, because right now I was third in the country. If they make a Final Four... Those games and the numbers that will be attached to those oh, games yeah. for people to see Caitlin Clark in her final games in college, those TV numbers are going to be incredible. They're going to be better than World Series numbers. They're going to be better than the NBA Finals. Like People are going to want to watch this storyline as she goes through the tournament. Well, like listen, I don't watch a lot of uh, men's college basketball, but like, who's the guy this year? Edie? Zach Edie? 
Who's is Zach Eadie's going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft? No, but he's probably one of the more note, notable college basketball players, like famous. Okay. Hey, he's stuck around for a few years. His teams have been number one for a couple of years now. I think part of the Zion thing is when he was in like eighth grade, he was a viral success. There was hype. Yeah. yeah. So like you only have one year for the most part for these guys who are really good in men's college basketball. So like it's probably a guy in the G League or but something. But I also well, think then, there's, then, there's like, not like a must-see guy every you know if, for whenever they're playing. Right. Charlie's right. College it, basketball. It's because college basketball for the men's side has completely changed. The one and done has killed the uh, the M- the it is killed the regular season of college basketball. Mm-hmm. The tournament is still a lot of fun, but the storylines of the teams at the top it's all new faces each and every year. You have to get to learn to, to know them, and then when you get to the tournament, there are no deep runs of blue blood teams led by juniors and seniors because those juniors and seniors bounce if they're good enough to get to the league. Right? They're leaving. Or yeah. they're going somewhere else, or they're playing professionally, where the women's game allows you to know the faces for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You get to follow the storyline. And I think that helps the women's side. It hurts the men's side because men's college basketball has been watered down. It is not, even the purest, if you love college basketball on the men's side, you have to agree with me that the late 80s, early 90s, was a different college basketball atmosphere oh, than yeah. what it is today. For now sure. it's transi- transactional. It, it's guys show up on campus at the end of the summer and they're there through March and then they bounce. They're not. They're not actually enrolled. They're going to be a part of the university. They're going to be there for an extended amount of time. That's that's the one thing college football can still hold on to is some of these guys do stick around in one spot for a little bit of time. Transfer portal is starting to diminish that. But when you look at the college basketball game, that's why uh, for people who are elder millennials like Abdallah and I are, the college basketball game when we were younger was more interesting for the men's side because you knew the names, you knew the players, you knew Jake Voskel would be at UConn for three or four years. <laughs> you, knew, you, you know what I mean? Like You understood the storylines and the rivalries that went with that. That's why this is cool with Caitlin Clark in Iowa because we all know the storyline. We saw what they did last year. They didn't quite get it done. Got to the Final Four. They lost. She was outstanding. Mm-hmm. And now she's back to do it again. I just feel like it's also, too, because there's not that guy in, in the men's game this year or the last few years. Like, you had Wembenyama this year. You know, you've had, like, all these stuff. There's not, like, that must-watch guy that's going to be there, you know, every couple nights a week that you have to absolutely watch that you know is going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft uh, for the men's game this year or the year before that because with Caitlin Clark now you know there's someone that you have to watch whenever they play you know like they're coming here tonight to Northwestern the cheapest ticket that I looked on StubHub before we came down here for crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvie. There yeah. was literally one ticket left on StubHub. How much? One. Five hundred dollars. A little over five hundred dollars. Now, there were a couple general admission tickets, but this was the there was one seat left for the game left on StubHub for a game that, that you know tips off it was about an hour hour ago, so maybe an hour, fifteen minutes from when I looked at it. Yeah. Um, but that's crazy. Like usually some of those tickets just don't go sold, you know? Like some people are trying to get you know make a huge profit they end up not doing it but the fact that even the secondary market was empty for tickets is crazy for someone coming to town for a big name because that's like 
you know, like I guess compared to the NBA, like when the Warriors were hot and they were coming to town, when LeBron comes to town, you know, Kobe's last couple games here in Chicago, like those were high price ticket items. And even then, you saw tickets on the secondary market that just went unclaimed. You know, and it's a part of the winter that it's really a shame that the Blackhawks and the Bulls have been so bad the last couple of years. You know, to get through the winter, it's it's a lot of fun to have basketball and hockey matches. To, to it, It's fun to have those on random weeknights to get us through the rest of the winter. And when the Bulls suck and they're not trying to win... And it doesn't really give you anything to look forward to. Like, that's why it's kind of cool tonight that there is a big event in Evanston between Iowa and Northwestern. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it? Last week, uh, we had a game, Northwestern, Illinois. That, that was a big deal yeah. on the men's side. Like, that was a good game. Both those teams are playing really well. It was a, it was a, a good uh, game that went to overtime. And, like, that was, that's cool that, like, it's a necessary piece to getting through the winter here in Chicago and, and that like sheds a light and, and, and look, it looks at the, the inability of the Chicago bulls to do anything to keep our attention, which is just depressing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And uh, something else that you mentioned. So I'm on tankathon looking at the NBA draft for next year. Yeah. Uh, out of the top 10 players, uh, the first three are international players. So they're not in college basketball. <laughs> the fourth player at the top of the board is a freshman at Baylor, okay. Jacoby Walter. All right. Uh, the next two players are two players who are playing in the G League for uh, G League Ignite. So out of the first six players who are projected to be the top six picks one in the NBA draft, the there's one player. He plays at Baylor, and Baylor right now is ranked as the 18th best team in the country. See what I'm saying? Like, it's a total, like, Back in the day, it would have been the top picks are all playing for the top five teams in, oh, in college yeah. basketball. Yeah. It's just a different. I mean, like remember, like Derrick Rose at Memphis, right? Like Derrick Rose at Memphis, like you knew hands down that was going to be the number one pick. So you were watching Derrick Rose. Oh yeah, Derrick Rose for sure. You 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 knew the storyline. Yep. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Tom and Addison, you're on ESPN one thousand. Go ahead, Tom. Hey guys, how are you tonight? We're good. What's up? Well. End of the day, I don't really think you guys are sitting there saying, oh, the college basketball players getting in the NBA portal, you don't follow them, you don't do this, you don't build a correlation to them. Well, one, most people that build a correlation to a team went to that school, so they don't care who's there playing. Okay. End of the day. They don't care. End of the day. Okay. And this whole thing about, you know, oh, $500 tickets. Come next month when the NCAA, the women are playing, the men are playing, look at the TV ratings, right? Women are playing 12%, 14%. The men's NCAA ratings, CBS, huge, and so forth, it's... uh I love to see women's sports growing because I think more people need to support them and especially women need to support them instead of jumping onto the man train and start going and organizing parties and I'm having my girlfriends over and their husbands are coming. We're going to watch this. And that's how you grow a sport. It's not through what uh, it's not through what's going on right now. I don't know what you're talking about, Tom. Getting on the man train. Uh, The man train? Oh, there you go. 
Okay. At yeah, the end of the day. Man, right. it, hold on. It's not a man trade. Oh. At the end of the day. WNBA. Who's coming out here and seeing the games? I live three miles away from the stadium. Yeah. Out here where the ladies play. Nobody's coming out here and seeing it. They need the support. Women need to support their own sport. I've gone to four or five games this year. Well, that's good I for like you, Tom. Sports. It's good. Right. I, I like sports. But when you're sitting there saying, saying, oh, guys are transferring schools and nobody cares. Well, that, that's that's and, the truth, my man. And, and hold on. No, you, you made the comment. Yes, correct. Guys are transferring schools. Yep. <laughs> so how do you follow the men's sports? Or and so forth. I can correlate the more of the ladies' sports, right? That's what that was your comment. At you can follow the, the storylines from season are, to season with the are, with the women's the game. Guys, people are following the sports they went to school for. Yeah, and the bigger sure. the school, the more people follow. I have thirty, forty thousand people graduate this year. I'm going to have more fans than you are at eight thousand next year, right? Okay. Just, it's a it's a it's a pure mathematical equation. Got it. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. Yep. We got a break. I can't wait to uh, see how this man train goes. It's a correlation. At the end of the day, the women's game has had great TV ratings the last couple Huge of years. Ratings. Are they as good as the men's Final Four? No, but they're really good at the end of the day. Taylor, Hyde Park, quickly. What's up, Taylor? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? We're good, man. Good, good. I agree with Tom on this man train thing, man. Uh, Quick little story. My wife uh, and our friends wanted to go to brunch. Instead, I actually bought all their tickets to a WNBA Sky game. They went to the game. They had dinner after, and they had a blast. And it turned... Three or four of their friends to now go to the games with their husbands, go to the games with their kids. Very similar to how like we would go to a Bulls game and go sure. taco cut after or before the game. I think honestly, this man train thing. I know Tom <laughs> said it kind of crazy, but it's really actually true. To grow the sport, you have to have women participate in the actual watching and playing of the game. And I think you know this anomaly of this one one game for five hundred bucks to go watch Caitlin Clark destroy Northwestern. That's not really you know that's an outlier in my opinion more so than the actual kind of how it normally happens. So, look, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm on board with Tom, this man train thing. All aboard. All All aboard the man train. All aboard. All right, Taylor, thanks for the phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Choo-choo. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. You know, with a couple of the calls that we just took here on the show, Abdallah, I don't think that what's taking place tonight at Northwestern is the norm. Of course it's unique. Yeah. It's a special event. Caitlin Clark is only going to play at Northwestern once this season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what Tom was talking about. Like, this is not going to be the norm. 
She's a star. That's why people are paying a lot of money to go yeah. see. Next year's Iowa Northwestern game is not going to have a $500 get in. There's also no other city in the country that has a larger Iowa alumni base than Chicago. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure there are people who haven't been able to get back. I think some of the alumni from the station are at the game. Sure. Yeah, probably. I think that's the case. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it doesn't surprise me at all that this is a hot ticket. Yeah. And a game that a lot of people want to go see. Absolutely. All right, Black and Abdallah, we'll be back in two minutes. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.